Great. Well, I'd like to welcome Marcus Breedstock and Anger. I'll start that again. Anger Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not not that far. Not that far. <laughs> sure. I'd like to welcome Marcus Bridstock and Andrew Maxwell, co-hosts of the Altitude Comedy Festival, taking place in Meyerhofen from March 28th to April 1st to the Ski Podcast. Welcome, guys. How are you? Hello, Fantastic. mate. Very well, thanks. Marcus, you're standing in a field um, somewhere in yeah. Surrey, I believe. Hopefully the reception will work out. Andrew, where are you just now? I'm in a high-tech shed facility at the end of my garden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Excellent. Andrew, can I start with you? I know some people got out of shape during the last couple of years with a pandemic on. A key question for you is, do your lederhosen still fit? Uh, unbelievably, yes. They're quite generous. There's quite a generous flap at the front. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are lederhosen. For those, for those who don't, real, uh, don't know, the, uh, the Altitude Comedy Festival is in the Austrian Alps. And we've been there for a very long time. And the town keeps gifting me ever more elaborate later housing, which I then obliged. I mean, we're talking the latest one they gave me. They're worth one and a half thousand euros. Like, it's like wow. very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I have don't... to say that the latest set you've got are the most fetishy looking ones you've had. <laughs> aren't they? Aren't they? They're, they're black leather. They're obsidian black. Dark as my yeah. soul. Yeah. And, and the value presumably goes up after you've worn them as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's how the art world works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I basically, in tribute to Austria, uh, the very warm, friendly, but also practical people of Austria, I wear the Lederhosen for the entire week of the festival. I wear them around the town. I wear them while snowboarding and I wear them on stage. Everything I do everything except for shower in them. In what, fairness to the resort, I think their generosity on recognising that Andrew wears them for seven days straight <laughs> without a break, I think it's really smart on their behalf to go, yeah, I think we'll give them a new set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't always Austria uh, yeah. that the no. uh, the Altida Festival was held in. And we'll come back to why you chose uh, Meyerhofen as mm. your uh, base. But I think I possibly went to the first ever Altitude Comedy Festival in Meribel. Yeah. I think it was in 2006 in the green room earlier. I was talking with Andrew. Possibly it was 2008. I think, Marcus, it was your uh, brainchild, wasn't it? How did it how did it come about? The very first gigs that, that we ran uh, out of Maribel years and years ago were um, me making contact with uh, with Richard Lett, who'd been doing various things. And I just went, look, I love winter sports so much, so passionate about it. And taking a week away from being self-employed as a comedian to go skiing or snowboarding and not being able to work in a place that, frankly, comedy is it's just ready to drop. Right. As an apres ski event, it's perfect because everyone's done the same thing all day. Right. Yeah. And everyone's fallen over on the same patch of ice near near the end, you know, like that shared experience. So, but no, the brainchild for the festival, the the, the lunatic in, in chief, I have to say, is Andrew, not me. I was, oh, okay. I was a, a, a merry follower. He was like, listen. This is so much fun. Let's festival this. And yeah, we did, everything was running out of Maribel for us in those days in terms of comedy. And so it was a, um, it was the obvious place to do it. But um, but it was a very hard place to do it. You know, like it was. Yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. They were tough, tough years. The first couple of years, we had a ball 
the comedy was amazing. The live music was incredible. We brought really great musicians out and amazing comedians and everybody had a good time. But environmentally, it, it's much better in Austria, I have to say. Like they, they welcome us with wide open arms. And when I say that, a lot of our time there is spent not just in Lederhosen, but naked. It, it's <laughs> compulsory to be naked in their spa situation. Yes. And you'll often you have really mm. detailed conversations with members of the audience and organizers of the festival. Mm. Um, we're, we're just everything out. Everything. <laughs> Alice, Alice Clare. <laughs> I, I do actually places. remember that. If you go in St. In St. Anton, if you go to the wellness center there, there's big signs on the way in saying no yeah. clothes beyond this point. You've got it. What's amazing about Austria is you've got to be naked in the sauna, but you're also allowed to have a glass pint in the sauna with you. So it's the exact opposite of British and Irish health and safety. No penises <laughs> and plastic glass. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you've, please, of course, if you're brave enough to get your todger out in the sauna, you can definitely have a pint. Or you want grown up. Have a real pint with a proper glass you can smash against the wall and fight your way out. Um, Excellent. The, the, only, the only thing we have found is that for those of you trying to drink a pint of milk, it can yeah. be difficult in a sauna, but good luck. Yes, enjoy. Yes, it's a sign as well. We, it's an underground sign. But the the reality was with the French was the we always we were always like we didn't want this to be an English speaking colonial event in another person's country. So right from the start, the first three years we were in in Mary Bell, as you know, the heart of the, the magnificent three valleys in in beautiful beautiful France, and we always had comedy that was en française and in English, and we thought that would massively ingratiate ourselves with the French local authorities. <laughs> they they didn't care. For three years, they attempted to turn the comedy festival into a jazz festival. Stand-up comedy was only really starting and it was based out of Paris. And mm. it, it stand-up has a, quite an ethnic minority vibe to it. Stand-up comes into the world, is, is more in the world of hip-hop in the yeah. French mindset. Mountains and rural areas tend to be conservative anyway. The actual people who are opening the purse strings at council and regional level tend to be, were pretty right-wing French politicians. And then we were bringing in something that was tantamount to, to black American culture. They just, yeah. they never really got what we were doing. Also, it was very, very significantly more expensive to bring a French act the short distance mm -hmm. from wherever mm -hmm. they started to where yeah. we were in France than it was to bring any of our friends from the UK, yeah. including their accommodation. So in Meyerhofen, we've had great German speaking acts uh, on that lineup as well. And lots of international acts. It's always been important to us to, yeah. to try and throw it open as wide as possible. Yeah, and and so uh, I did see that you have German acts there as well. So oh, from yeah. what you're saying, then the 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 cliche is that the Germans don't have a sense of humour. But you're telling me it's really the French who don't have a sense of humour. Well, we're saying the right wing <laughs> conservative rural French authorities don't have a sense of humour. <laughs> but you know, it's specifically. But the French, like or the Germans, I should say, the German speaking comedy are sort of crown jewel in that. Has always been is both me and Marcus got to know Michael Mittermeier in edinburgh mm. and in uh, montreal which is one of the other big global comedy festivals he is like he's an arena size act in in the mm. german-speaking world he's, he's a funny comedian in english as well so we and he's a great guy so we got a sort of a two for there uh, mm. uh michael michael lives not actually that far he lives he's a munich boy so 
it's really not much of a schlep for him to come down and it makes it makes a world of difference the austrians get it the austrians yeah. are like wow you brought german speaking comedians thank you danke schön what a brilliant <laughs> thing to do how amazing <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And he's a, he's a bilingual comedian, is he? Because I think, yeah. Marcus, have you delivered your uh, set in French before? How did that go? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I did a TV <laughs> yeah. show years ago called Excuse My French, where I had all week uh, to learn French and then do a stand-up show in, in Paris. And um, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And I still try and do it uh, when I'm gigging in France. But it, my French gets worse with each passing year. And... Um, yeah, I try, but we've had we've had loads. I mean, Nick Doody's been out and gigged with us in in the French Alps, and Ian Moore and others, you know, at Bethel over there. And uh, yeah, the bilingual thing is 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 good fun. And the, like the absolute joy for us at altitude now is that there are some local people coming to the English speaking shows, and and mm -hmm. you know that's that's what we want. You know, like the yeah. whole idea of of all of this in the first instance is that we love the mountains passionate about being in the mountains snowboarding skiing sliding in any capacity during the day and you know that feeling especially like this year it will be the biggest of all because i haven't been because of the pandemic for two years when you first get to the top of the mountain and breathe that in and, and see the view and everything it it lifts your soul so we've always just been passionate about that and then the kind of the jamboree through the night is it, it's 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 i would say the greatest week in any given year that i have yeah well i think you're absolutely right i think it, all of our listeners would uh, certainly relate to the idea that the mountains lift your soul i've been lucky enough to go uh, reasonably uh, uh, often since the travel ban uh, ended but i went on a family holiday uh, a couple of weeks ago at half term and it was so good to be out there again you know with uh, with uh, pip and the kids and just to have that family holiday that's been denied i'm guessing that neither of you have either of you managed to get out to the uh, mountains uh, since I, last altitude festival no i i haven't it just it just hasn't been you know possible for jigs and the reels both me and marcus spent the lockdown becoming fathers again so, <laughs> so there's all all of that as well but you know yeah. it's it's what what's amazing is when we get sort of big name comics who've never been they might have done a bit of skiing when they were younger or whatever but they they haven't been out to altitude before and what people don't realize is in show business the more successful you get ironically it's 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 more a, a more of a lonely life on the road right you probably you're with your tour manager and maybe a support act but you don't really you miss all the conviviality of of the world of comedy most dressing rooms are an mc and two other acts and you hang out with those people for a weekend and all the rest of it and we get that at altitude for a week we're all just in a village together yeah i mean it sounds brilliant that actually marcus i saw you quite a long time ago before i had uh, family for sure at the bearcat club in uh, twickenham you're probably honing your routine for uh, yeah. uh, something then and i think that the impression i got was that the sort of atmosphere you're talking about then when you've got half a dozen comedians coming together and having kind of fun in an informal yeah. environment that that's exactly it that's exactly it and and those of us who who tour, you know, like as Andrew said, you know, we you, you stop seeing people. But I mean, when we when you think about who's been at the Altitude Festival, it's a big mixture of our mates from you know from years of gigging. Plus, I mean, the scale 
I mean, who have we had out there, Andrew? Sean, Sean Locke, who tragically is Sean. no longer with us. I think yep. Sean said at the end of the last altitude that he did that it was one of the best weeks of his entire life. There was a yep. night... Um, there was a night when we ended up after one of the shows seeing how many people we could fit into. I think it was like a cloakroom that cloak room, maybe yeah, been turned cloak, into yeah. a office. Yeah, there's a good fifty <laughs> yeah. people in there. And there was, I think, there's a picture. There's a close to fifty people in a in a room for, that you would comfortably fit two. Um, too cold. So yeah, it's just it's quite. That common experience, even even the performers who don't ski, you know, we've got like the Impro All-Stars come out to the thing, you know, the guys from the Comedy Store Players and um, whose line is it anyway? They yeah, come I out mean, and mostly don't ski, some of them do, but they come up the mountain during the day. They find a way of getting up there. So when you break for lunch or, or whatever it may be and you find everybody usually pretty well oiled even by lunchtime <laughs> lubricated but there's loads like i mean like Catherine ryan jimmy carr frankie boyle bill eddie bailey Izzard. eddie Izzard, tommy yeah. tiernan who's like the biggest name in ireland i mean you know and like i said Mittermeier is one of the yeah. biggest names in germany i mean there's there is a lot more you know and have, have you know mickey flanagan al murray you know mm. Yeah, apart apart from the uh, the promise of being able to squeeze into a uh, a cupboard with fifty people, how do you actually persuade these acts and uh, names like that to come out and join you? It was it was bit by bit, to be honest. It was that a lot of people in the early days before the festival had been out. A lot of comedians who'd never skied before, never snowboarded before, had been out and done the gigs. And firstly, the gigs were great because because there's something about people who go skiing. They're the up for it people in life. Do you know what I mean? The holiday yeah. they choose is the one up the mountain where you get up early, you wrestle those boots on and you get out there and you do it and you deal with losing a glove and all of this stuff because they're people who are up for it. So they they were always great audiences and, and we always found that wherever we were gigging. So I think there was quite a groundswell of, of jobbing comedians who'd had a great time and then obviously they'd be working with whoever the, the big name was. And um and out they came, you know. I think the only one I I know who found the, the skiing so traumatic, he vowed not only would he not come back to altitude, but he'd never set foot on a mountain again was Lee Mack. But he still, <laughs> he still came. You know. <laughs> he did. He did. I mean, the thing is, it's also, it has to be said, of one of the great physical advantages of Meyerhoff and where we are in, in the Zillatal in Austria these days is, is, as I'm sure you all remember, we are, of course, on a ski-based pod. There is two mm. types of mountain valley from your geography history, uh, your, your geography. There is the V-shaped valley, which is forged by a river, the fluvial V-shaped valley, and then there's the U-shaped uh, glacial valley, which is where the actual town of Meyerhofen is down at the bottom on the flat of the valley, a wide, flat valley. So, And we always do altitude in the spring, so the town is... A, it's hot. It's like a British summer. It's it's light. It, you know, every day is sort of 20, 21, 22 degrees. So you can have a sunbathing holiday if you want. And then you go up and up again in the two ski lift systems and you get to the top and you're back in a winter sport holiday. So it's it's a twofer. Yeah. Another crucial element to that, the, to the flat valley base is that those who are um, half cut can always get home <laughs> because, because it's flat. They're not having yeah. to deal with steep, icy terrain to get back to the hotel. So, yes. 
And the and the great thing, I guess, about the uh, the timing of the gigs is you've got all your time in the day to go out and go skiing and snowboarding, and then you can do your work uh, of an evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we do at the festival. We do um, an immediate après gig, which is often um, improv or something like that. Something that's going to be really jolly and really daft that people can just roll in from the mountain and watch it. In that happens gear. usually about half past five. In their gear, exactly. And then a break, everyone has dinner, gets dressed and all the rest of it. Uh, and then the like the big headline show starts at eight o'clock in the uh, in the main arena. And like my often has got a cracking theater. So has Maribel, by the way, which not mm. enough people know about. Really, really great theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then there's like late night shows in bars and various places around the place. Um, so it's a really good for us a really good mixture of different show styles as well, you know, which yeah. kind of uh, helps to make the, the, the work, if you can call it work, the working part of it more yes. fun. If you can call it work. <laughs> We're not <laughs> shoveling anything. We don't that, shovel. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know you two are both snowboarders, I think, aren't you? Who, who's the best comedian that you've seen on skis or a, or a snowboard? Who, are there any naturals out there? Well, I tell you what, who is, I mean, and he obviously, he looks like a ripped Adonis and he's, he's very pleasant and handsome, which all, makes it all very, even worse. But Joel Domet, he's come out to Altitude yeah. a good few times, just before he kind of really broke big in the world of, you know, mainstream TV presenting and whatnot. But he is fast. He is really fast. I'm I'm quick. I'm really quick on a snowboard, yeah. as Andrew will attest. He, Andrew yes. Andrew described me as on the mountain that you snowboard like you don't even want to be there. And yeah. I went out with uh, with Joel Domi. He commutes. He... he commutes. He commutes down a mountain. <laughs> Whereas Andrew Andrew still mostly does falling leaf, just potters down at his own sweet pace, stops for a chat yeah. and a wee. But yeah, Joel yeah. Domi's as quick as a whip. Fred Fred McCauley's very quick. Zoe Lyons. Is as quick skiers. as a whip. On they're, they're both on skis. Very good. Mm. Um, Daniel Schloss, who's a big, big fan, big supporter of the festival, he's pretty yeah, quick. But you know, a, a lot of what we're describing with Domit and Schloss is youth rather than expertise. Yeah. What's <laughs> happened there is they simply care less about falling at speed. Mm. Whereas yes. there's there's a certain age where you go, I think this is quick enough, and uh, <laughs> I've definitely. I mean, yeah, all I'm ever doing is traversing from one mountain restaurant to another. So, I mean, how, fa- <laughs> yeah, how fast yeah. do I need to be for that? John Bishop's pretty quick. Oh, I tell you, um, Henning Vane. Henning Vane was uh, was a ski guide uh, for a few years. Henning's pretty swift. Very accurate as well. Yeah, very right. precise. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus, you, you mentioned that maybe as you get older, you, you tend to fall. And I know that you can ski as well as snowboard because I saw you on the jump. And I oh, wondered, yes. uh, you know, what's harder, running a comedy festival or competing in the jump? Running a comedy festival, <laughs> which is why I'm no longer involved in the running of it at <laughs> all. At okay. all. I, uh, I, 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 these days tap up tell jokes and go sliding that's it yeah no the jump the jump it's really a shame that they didn't find a way to carry on making uh the cannonball run that was, the, that was <laughs> but after three years where it was when davina mccall looked straight down the camera and went beth tweddle um gold medal winning olympic athlete will not be competing today 
having broken her spine. <laughs> I think at that point, the insurance people were like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. But I loved it. Do you know, I was on the jump. I was trained by Olympic athletes to do the sports that I have loved since I was a kid. You know, I did skeleton bobsleigh. I did two-man bobsleigh, speed skating, speed skiing in the full rubber outfit with the fins and everything, um, downhill slalom, and obviously the ski jump itself. Now, the ski jump, I don't know if, Ian, have you been off a ski jump? Uh, yeah, I've actually visited that set at Kutai before, mm-hmm. and I've seen okay, that, yeah. that, that jump. And it looks pretty small when you see it on TV, but when you see it in real life, it's quite significant. <laughs> yeah, mate, I have never been more physically frightened than I was doing that. I I once sailed from um, Norway to Greenland on a on a climate research um, sailing boat, uh, and the journey took more than twice the time that it was supposed to. We got stuck out at sea in a force nine gale there's nothing there and that was nothing compared to sitting at the top of a ski jump knowing that when you stand up your feet are locked into metal tracks there's no way of stopping once you stand up you're going off the end of that thing i've never been more terrified in my life and also like the first thing that happened on the first day of training was flash gordon broke his (laughs) broke two bones flash sam jones from flash gordon who was you know, not a great skier, but he was all right. He had something about him. So, so Andrew, you had your own experience of uh, uh, reality TV, I guess, when you were locked away in the jungle. Was that yeah. was that um, as challenging as running a festival? Uh, well, it was. It was a. It was a lot more hungry. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, out in Austria, you're never short of food. I mean, I I spend the entire week, as I already said, in Lederhosen. And every single day I have schnitzel and followed by a strudel. Every single day. Why not? Every day I go, oh, I should eat something different. This isn't very imaginative of me in Austria. And then I remember schnitzel and strudel are two of the greatest things on earth. And I'll be in Austria where they're from. I'm going to have it again. Now, and- yeah, it's, it is. Look, there is the danger of the mountains that you could break something, but nothing's going to sting you or bite you. And uh, unlike being in an Australian jungle. Yeah. And you mentioned you have schnitzel every day. Um, mm. I believe there's a, a special chap in uh, Meyerhofen called Hans the Butcher. Oh, yeah. Is he a big part of your life? Oh, we all love Hans the Butcher. Oh, God. <laughs> he's, a, he's also a lovely fella. Like the whole family are, are fantastic. Really supportive of the festival. But basically where the ski lift comes, comes back down into the town in Meyerhofen, directly opposite is a butcher's which he also, you know, it's just various, a cornucopia of different bits of pig shoved into fresh <laughs> bread. It's just <laughs> delicious. Everybody just, there's a massive queue of people just scoffing pig <laughs> on the way up the mountain and then back down and nobody's <laughs> judging you. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, uh, this is quite topical because, you know, Marcus has been popping in and out during our recording here. And Andrew, we were saying uh, earlier, I mean, you um, in the last couple of years, the um, Altitude Festival hasn't happened for the last couple of years because of the pandemic and everything that's been going on. Is that that particularly difficult for you as someone who's naturally a performer? I mean, I know both you and Marcus do a lot on the radio, but do you do you have that um that yearning that missing an actual audience to perform in front of sure i mean both myself and marcus did uh, quite a lot of sort of zoom gigs uh i 
from where I am at the end of the garden, I've carried on doing all the way through the last two years, carried on doing news quiz for Radio 4 uh, in front of a sort of live Zoom audience and a few other bits and pieces, guesting on Five Live, Times Radio and do my MTV voiceovers. But there's nothing compares to being right there in a room that in the room lived, shared, spontaneous experience. Yeah, we all desperately missed it. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't willing to go on social media and complain about my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean? and unlike some people, you know, I realized that my problems weren't as severe as other people's. So. No, this might be, uh, Andrew, the only time you're ever compared to Billie Eilish, but I think uh, she also missed performing in front of audiences as well. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, me and Billie get compared a lot, you know? <laughs> Sorry, that's the perfect moment for me to rejoin this conversation, having lost reception. <laughs> so here you go. Andrew, uh, <laughs> you're very similar to Billie Eilish, aren't you? <laughs> like, what on earth has happened in the two minutes I've been unable to connect? Yeah, well, we're just well, talking about the difficulties of the of the pandemic, uh, we're, and obviously, from your position at the top of the Surrey Hills, it's a little bit difficult. So, I think maybe we'll move towards the end now. See that Zoe Lyons, you mentioned her being a really good skier. She's going to be performing this year, and I know she's from Brighton because on the news quiz she keeps talking about sea swimming. I just wondered yeah. whether she just likes being cold in general. Well, maybe. I mean, it keeps you. I mean, I also sea swim a lot. You know, that's the thing about the mountains. It's about. Is anything that gives you a little bit of vigor to your life, you know, when you, when you're there is what I love. And I think what really appeals to performers, but particularly standups is where I can speak from. Uh, what really appeals to us about whizzing down a mountain on a board or on skis is you're it's there's no half measures. When you're going down a mountain at 30 mile an hour, that's what you're doing. You're not you can't half do it. And that's the same with stand-up. When you're on stage, it's all on the table. There's no, there's no, you can't just sort of phone it in. You can't phone in a snowboarding set and you can't phone in a stand-up set. And that really appeals to us. And I think that's great. And I think really that sums up what Marcus said before about how people who go skiing and snowboarding are the up for it people in life and the sort of people who would, you know, enjoy watching a bit of comedy in the evening and, uh, and and getting out there. So the Altitude Festival, uh, the website, if you want to find out more about it, is altitudefestival.com. It's yep. on from March 28th to uh, April 1st. Both yes. Marcus and uh, Andrew uh, will be out there. Rich Hall, if... Zoe Lyons. There will be improv, there's sketch, there's topical comedy, there's stand-up, you name it. And Lederhosen and Schnitzel and Strudel. And Strudel. So what, what, what else could you need? What more? Well, the Alice. Excellent. What more do you well, want? Th that's brilliant, Andrew. Thanks very much for joining us. Marcus, are you still there? I'm going to try it. We can see his face, but I think we he's gone. Do you want to say goodbye? In the woods. Say goodbye, Andrew, in your best Marcus uh, impression then. Okay. Cheerio, <laughs> darlings. Absolutely <laughs> ding dong to see you out here. Listen, I feel no guilt about that. This is his impression of me. I'm now going to do my impression of Marcus doing an impression of me. Reading books. That's his impression of me. <laughs> cool. That's brilliant, uh, uh, guys. Thanks so much. Oh, absolute pleasure. <laughs>